Welcome to Pateman Archive, a podcast <laughs> about... You didn't even do the intro yet! Wading through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen, and joining me is... Oh, me. I'm Van Enns. Uh, this Chicago Van Enns. Week. We don't have a guest. No, we don't have a guest. It feels weird. It feels weird. Uh, but we're still going to still draw on and cover two bad movies. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Fen, do you have any fun drinks? I don't have anything to drink. I should probably grab water, but like, we can we can just bang this one out. Yeah, we're gonna bang this one out in an hour, and, and then I'm gonna go drink water. Length whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. Okay. It's Yuri tea time. It is unfortunately Yuri tea time. Okay, Fad. Why don't you explain to me why uh, the thing that we were watching and why? Just in okay. case someone's jumping on this episode, which would be the most pants-on-head thing to do possible. <laughs> it would be very funny. If you're going to jump on, like, at least start at a thing. Don't just, like, start at the current episode. I'm not going to shame anyone for doing this. I think... Uh, I will. <laughs> don't shame anyone who would listen to our show, fan. We need <laughs> we need some listeners. We That's don't fair. kink shame here. Even if your kink is listening to the worst possible episodes of a podcast, someone coming in on, on a Kiha episode three or something like that. Oh God! Episode two would probably be the worst uh, Kiha episode. Yeah. To jump on. Uh huh. Um. One either really two or three. One of the two where it's like nothing happened and yeah. yet we still somehow spent four hours talking. Uh huh. Um. The dark- that, that was before Yuri Tea Time, Ben. Those were the dark days, but we can't even blame it on like, oh well, we spent like two hours on your tea time. So why are we watching 2009's Lars von Trier film horror art film Antichrist? Then? Last time, K and K five, mm-hmm. a way better movie than K and K six. Yeah, uh, we read the the manga like uh, kind of anthology. Um, uh i guess it's not an anthology technically short story, short story collection um melancholia i did not realize that this was a reference to the 20 something movie by lars von trier melancholia 2011 2011 um and ben brought this up as a joke and was like what if we watched melancholia oh there's a trilogy we could watch all three yes um and so we decided to at least embark on this journey i don't think we're gonna finish it we might not stick we're gonna watch melon we have to watch the movie melancholia now yes i don't know if me and fen can like make it all the way through nymphomania especially after we watched antichrist and i I am curious about Nymphomania because I remember when I worked at a movie theater, them making a big deal about it, being like, you can't let any kids sneak into this sexy, sexy movie, Ben. <laughs> Make sure that there's no kids sneaking into this movie. Um, Literally, all I know about Nymphomania is, well, the title, and two, that it's in two parts, mm-hmm. and it's like a total of like 300 minutes or something, which is like five hours. That's so long. <laughs> um okay why are we talking about you you explained why we're talking about it so uh fen what's antichrist about 
Antichrist is about how men are woke and women are misogynists. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm only, like, partially joking. Yeah, okay, okay. Do you want me to give a plot summary? Please, I don't think I could summarize the plot of this movie. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, it opens with, like, an overlong slow-motion uh, scene of uh, Willem Dafoe and... what? What's her name? Oh, I need to know the other actress's name. Oh, gosh, yeah. Now, you say overlong... And it is, but I joked during this uh, Charlotte Gainsborough about a movie that was actually 10 minutes but stretched over like an hour and a half. And you were like, okay, but Fen, that would rule. That would rule. So you're not, better than you're not like opposed to uh, like slowed down footage making no. something over long. No, no, no. Because it would feel like it was doing something. It's like playing classical music while Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsborough's characters are fucking... Uh, while a baby like walks into the room unnoticed and jumps out the window <laughs> well, walks into the room and then turns around it turns to the camera and does like the you know that old that old like picture of like a little girl smiling at the camera while there's a house burning behind her yeah <laughs> does that uh -huh. face and then jumps out a window in slow motion and anyway. this has basically zero impact on William Defoe. yeah uh, man and it makes his wife insane because yeah. she's a woman. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it turns out that women are all insane already. Yes. This does come up later. She ends up in the hospital, uh, like, being treated for suicidal depression and all that stuff. He, uh, he, they don't have names. Also, they're he and she is mm -hmm. their credits list. Uh, he's like, oh, you don't need these pills. You need me to be your therapist. And then, uh, so he brings her home and then eventually to a, uh, creepy cabin where they see a bunch of weird shit and then eventually try and kill each other. Yep. Uh, if you've ever seen a pic, a gif of a, uh, creepy looking like fox puppet saying chaos reigns that comes from this movie if you've ever that is okay that is the one good part of this movie there's a couple good parts and they usually involve stupid animals yes okay that's fair um right it is it is one of the yes one of the few good parts um uh ben did have to cover my eyes for most of that scene yeah because the fox is like eating its own entrails um but did uncover them for the end where the fox just stands up and is the only animal to talk in the movie there's no like indication yeah and just says chaos reigns the only thing it's, it's, and then it uh, cuts to the next like there are like title cards for the chapters uh -huh. that are like drawn on a chalkboard basically mm -hmm. and it cuts to the next one that's, that's great i shout out to that fox shout out to the fox um yeah no this is like i i, I have a the i googled it so i could look up Char uh, charlotte Gainsborough's name uh and it's all like the the page is full of like the film that shocked the world controversial horror film i think this is just a boring movie yeah this is a boring movie about how women are sexually voracious insane and prone to attack men and torture their children yes 
Uh, and it's also about how men understand better than women that this is not true. <laughs> yes. I think there, there are early on, or there are like two moments where like the cinematography is kind of fun. Yeah, there's some good shots. Um, uh, in, in particular, in the first like post-child death, uh, the child's death, mm-hmm. their name is Nick. Uh, only named character in the movie. Um, I don't know. I've given the I've given the fox a name. <laughs> What's the fox's name? Chaos Reigns. <laughs> um, that's uh that's the fox's uh Nasu mage name. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So in the first conversation, uh, between uh Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsborough. Gainsborough. Um, Gainsborough. Gainsborough. Um, I have a t- story to tell about her that I looked up the other when I found fa- I found when I was looking her up the other day, but we okay. we'll save that. Um, there's some fun like camera cutting in the middle of like not not cutting away from a character, but just like a very obvious like oh they said their line and then cut yeah and then they continue speaking. Yeah, yeah, um, like their head moves around in a really jerky way of like the, it, it's not smooth, you know yeah. what I mean? Like mid mid like conversation, they're jumping around a lot and it also crosses the line uh like swapping which side the people are on, you know what I mean? Yeah. That stuff's that stuff's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It it is like it's unsettling. Unsettling and yeah. like, oh, okay, maybe there's like maybe even if the plot of this is bad, maybe it'll look good. There is some and good. There's though. some of that, uh, but a lot of it is like mid at best. Yeah. Uh the other uh one of the other greatest scenes in this movie is when Willem Dafoe is hiding in a hole and uh, digs a crow up out of the ground and then has to box this crow to death <laughs> while his wife is looking for him to kill him. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um right. He tries to cure her of her madness by dragging her out to this cabin to grieve. A cabin uh, called Eden. A cabin called the gar- uh, Eden, and the forest is called the Garden Around Eden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stupid. Um, he finds her like thesis notes for a thesis that she never uh, finished. Oh, by the way, he was like, at one point, she was like, "Well, you never, you haven't been spending time with me." He's like, "Well, you wanted time to work on your thesis, so I sent you and the kid up to the isolated cabin so that you could work on your thesis and also care for our baby." Yeah, I That's- don't what (laughs) he deserves everything he got in this movie anyway uh he realizes that she's been abusing the kid uh by putting his shoes on backwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably other things but she seems to hate this kid and also that she knew that the kid was jumping out the window and didn't stop it i guess Mm -hmm. is a revelation that this movie tells us uh and she bought she bops him over the head, tries to fuck him, smashes his penis with a big uh block of wood, uh jerks him off so that blood sprays all over his shirt out of his dick, and uh then puts a millstone through his leg so he can't run away. Yeah. A grindstone. Grindstone, yeah. For sharpening. Right. Not not a whole not a millstone, I'm sorry. Sim- similar concept, much bigger. Yeah. Well, smaller in this case well the, the millstone millstone is, is bigger <laughs> yes um i'm so sorry. yeah and then she just like is a shrill screaming like beast for the rest of the movie basically and uh he eventually like uh gets free and kills her yeah 
and then uh packs of women materialize for the forest and march towards him like an army of wolves it is a good ending i guess <laughs> really funny he's just like kind of looking around nonplussed while women in ordinary clothes just flock towards him uh-huh um yeah the way this woman is like uh obscenely sexual you know what i mean mm -hmm. she's like uh assaulting him constantly like grinding on his body when he's like telling her to stop and uh she says all this shit about how the, the devil and how nature is the devil's chapel or whatever mm -hmm. it's all nonsense really yeah it's just like a boring movie with some funny shots. Oh, oh! this is the other thing about this that you may have heard about this movie if you have not seen it. This is the movie where the story about Willem Dafoe's massive hog distracting <laughs> from filming comes from. Because the movie opens with like a, a like slow motion, full penetration shot. Uh, uh -huh. uh, and uh, that's apparently not Willem Dafoe's dick. Incredibly <laughs> funny. Dick yeah, they had to get a dick double uh-huh uh-huh um yeah i don't really have that much to say about this movie it was uh i i laughed at some parts there was some it, parts where it would uh, have been miserable if i was not watching it with you mm -hmm. yeah i yeah. would have i would have just been like i am in hell goodness. fine for fine for watching with people uh, I almost fell asleep during one part because the because uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg was like just talking for a long time, mm -hmm. like soothingly, and I was like, "Wow, I'm fucking sleepy." I was laying on Ben, and I was like, "I could just, I could just go to sleep." And then it just turns into like extreme violence, also weirdly bloodless violence a lot of the time. He has yeah. a grindstone like plunge through his leg, and he manages to drag himself like thirty feet uh, out of the place without bleeding anywhere. Yeah. And he takes it out and then immediately gets up and kills her. It's like, I know he's bigger than her, but I feel like the leg would have hindered him a little more. Yeah. But, you know, men, big and strong and powerful. Apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, I really do wish that we got to see all of those women just beating the shit out of him. That would have been really funny. That would have been nice. That would have boosted it for me. Um, I I have heard... Or looking at reviews, this was mostly panned. Yeah. I think calling it controversial is really just we want you to still watch it and yeah. pay money for it. Uh, mm. um, yeah. and, and calling it uh, critically panned is not a good way to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't. It's just like. But I. Right. So the thing I wanted to say was uh, I am hopeful for Melancholia because that looked like it got way better reviews. Uh -huh. And so maybe there's something there to enjoy uh -huh. uh, that isn't. Yeah, there's just like there there are things that it's like I look at and I'm like, this was not made for me, mm -hmm. but I can understand why people like this. Mm -hmm. And then there's stuff like this where it's like, who is this made for? Yeah, Yeah, it's like they the the woman is at once insane and disgusting and also sexy and like hot you know what mm -hmm. i mean uh there's so many like leering shots on her and her body and also her just like disheveled and screaming and distorting her face so that she looks like a monster you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's like yeah this is definitely so something that a dude made about how women are kind of fucked up yeah that's that's the human condition man we're kind of fucked up
Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, I think that it, I, I, I almost wish we had a guest for this that we subjected to it because I feel like it would have been more fun to like have us talking to someone who had also watched it but not with us mm. who may have had mm-hmm. diff- come down on it different in a different way probably still bad yeah you know I, mean? I was about to say i don't know, I don't know that... anyone who would have watched this and been like oh this movie is great necessarily yeah. but uh i did think yeah. about inviting Marin on just to talk for, about how for this section um yeah uh it was uh fun funny <laughs> a funny pull but I don't think it was, I don't know how much I got out of this. This is the thing: is that there are bad things. This is the other thing, really, is that there are bad things that. So I keep a journal. I've talked about this before of yeah. all the stuff that I like: read, watch, play, etc. Um, the media you engage in, yes, engage with. Um, and sometimes I like, and I keep a star rating. Sometimes I rate thing like one or two stars. And then, like, write a page and a half on it mm-hmm. that is like, okay, what about this didn't work for me? Um, like, I'm interested in engaging with this thing mm-hmm. in what it was trying to do and how that, like, didn't end up being something that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's stuff like this where, like, I wrote one sentence and I was like, Chaos Reigns Fox rules. <laughs> it was really funny. There's a bit where uh they're like hanging out in the cabin and the door is open i'm like i would close that door chaos reigns fox is gonna get in the house and then later uh uh, the chaos reigns fox just like trots into the house and gives him a dirty look (laughs) yeah oh oh. okay one of the funniest shots in the movie is a deer the the fox and the crow Mm -hmm. just like hanging out together yeah friends uh-huh uh-huh another funny bit is like the three of them they're like the three beggars something something anyway when they show up in the house the deer just sort of appears the fox comes in the door and because the bird was buried he has to smash the floorboards open because it's under him right yeah the, the like scene where he's hiding from her while she's just like shrilly screaming in the background and the crow is drawing her attention to him and he's slapping the bird and he can't he keeps like breaking its neck and it keeps getting back up anyway <laughs> it's really funny unintentionally so i thought uh-huh, uh-huh yeah i don't know how much of this movie was intended to be funny but it was <laughs> yeah perfect oh, segue oh. into i have to say Maybe we'll cut this bit because I don't know that it's relevant, but um, I looked up Charlotte Gainsbourg uh, mm-hmm. because I was curious if I'd seen her in anything before. I, have, I, I can't think of anything. She's in all of these other movies, but apparently she got her debut as a singer when she did a uh, combo song with her father, who is a singer, called Lemon Incest that featured a music video of her at like 15 lounging naked in bed with her father. Uh, and has uh, lyrics that are described as creepy <laughs> by critics. Uh, and her and her father both defend it to this day, saying it wasn't about incest. That's a fascinating line to take. <laughs> Your song, Lemon Incest. Apparently, that was also controversial. I can't imagine why, Ben. 
What? I was just not expecting to find that out when looking her up. <sighs> anyway, a lot of stuff happening in these in this movie, huh? Okay. The perfect segue that you ruined was... Uh, I had to tell you this. I did, in fact. I don't know that I needed to know that. I We're going to see her in so many more movies. I don't think we're doing Nymphomaniac. Probably not. We're going to see her in at least one more movie. She's yes. in Melancholia, too. I hope I hope Melancholia is better. Like, again. Better. I don't know that it's going to yes. be good. Um, the problem is that we're going to compare it to Melancholia, which is and it's fantastic. it's just not going to... Me- measure up, yeah. Okay, the perfect segue that you ruined was, uh, you know what else is a movie that <laughs> is way more fun to watch with a group? You should have stopped. Perfect segue. <laughs> Speaking of movies, <laughs> we've got another movie here. Well, okay. Here, fun. I'll give you another one. Speaking of incest. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, this one also is about incest, huh? It's a common uh, topic around these parts. I was going to say about is strong, but I'm not sure that there's really a stronger through line than this girl wants to fuck her brother. Yeah. Is it... Okay. Is it incest if it's just desire? You, I mean, like, it, in the legal sense, I guess not. Okay. Uh, but she is making moves to seduce him. Yes. He's not at all reciprocating. No, no. Anyway, we're talking about Karno Kyokai, Garden of Sinners, Fairy Tale, Oblivion Recording. <laughs> Which, that's a... That's a cool title for a movie that is decidedly uncool. Now, we've heard the... Wait. Um, first of all, pre-show. Let's pre-show. Go. Pre-show. This is another one that is like... Uh, so, last time we saw Sora... Soren? Sora. Soren. Um, Araya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, doing a bounded field to shut off Neko Arc's cell phone. Mm-hmm. And that was a like... This is incomprehensible if you haven't already seen this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and this one is also like, hey, this one's about the movie you're about to watch. This one you can grok pretty easily. Yes. It's uh, Azuka is in the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Mikia shows up. She's excited. She, he brought Shiki. She's mad. Yep. Uh, Shiki just offers her an olive branch, offers her some like candies or something like that. Azuka is like, no. And she puts her magic glove on and her hand catches fire and she's trying to pop a, pop a tin of popcorn in the theater while the movie is playing. This is incredible. It's very funny. Uh, Shiki is uh, furious and about to kill her and uh, Mikia diffuses the situation by holding Azuka's hand so she can't use her fire anymore and that placates her. It is cute when she blushes, uh-huh. even if the reason that she's blushing is not. Uh-huh. I do like the the little doll with, like, pink on its cheek. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. Um, it's cute, you know? It's not my yeah. favorite of these, but uh, I do like Asuka. The, some of the best stuff in this movie is Asuka and Shiki not getting along. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of. Well, okay. We start with, uh, in a departure from... The rest of the K and K movies, we start with uh decidedly a not like or the rest of the K and K movies, they tend to start with um like characters doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and this one starts with a like time lapse shot of the sky. Time lapses of of like stars road yeah. like moving in the sky are always very pretty. Yeah. It is very pretty. It is just interesting that like, oh, this is a as the title might suggest, this is a fairy tale, not, um, yeah, it's a fairy tale. Oh, right. The thing that I've heard is that this, uh, I heard this, uh, I don't know, I don't know firsthand, but, uh, apparently this movie was heavily rewritten from the original book, uh, in order to, like, give it a, give a cool down after the last movie. Yes. Add some more moe, mm-hmm. make it a little less uh, serious, which mm-hmm. I don't go to K&K for a lighthearted romp, necessarily. Yeah. I, if I wanted a break after the other movie, I would go watch an episode of Hitamati Sketch and then come back to K&K, personally. Yeah. Uh, I think some of this is that the movies kind of came out at a semi-regular pace over the course of like a year and a half Mm -hmm. or two years. Um, And there was a, the books came out 
if I remember correctly, one, two, three, and then four, five, mm-hmm. and then a while, and then six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like there's just different pacing to how the novels were released. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that we needed a break. No, I w- I'm interested to one day read the 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 actual novel. I, this has me like, I. In the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm excited to read the novels mm-hmm. um, because that is just like a form that I enjoy Nasu's writing in more. Yeah. And this one has me feral to go read the novels because I'm like, there's n- literally nothing here. I am so curious how what you took and made nothing out of. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Yes. We get the jaunty music from last time. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna play that this episode? Yeah, it's so jaunty. Uh, we see a weird little like golden, glowy, ethereal like fairy guy mm-hmm. dancing around, and we see Azuka do the like dumb little like turn to camera wink and like sh- move that we saw in the preview, and then she does a bunch of narration about how she's a huge brocon. Yep. Um. Right. Yeah. Azuka turning to the camera and doing a funny little smile and pose is the most I've ever seen an anime girl try to be moe for the audience. I forgot to say the the actual thing that this opens on is uh like is a shot baby of Rin. Azuka who looks exactly like baby Rin but with blue eyes. Yeah. She's got twin tails. She's got ribbons. She grows out of the twin tails and ribbons luckily. Oh. Rin never does. Rin never does. Wait, doesn't Rin's time skip? Didn't she get rid of the ribbons? Does she? Maybe she does. So she says that she is learning magic from Toko. She's Mikia's sister, and she considers Shiki to be her rival in love, given that she's after Mikia. Yep. She says, you could call me an angst-ridden maiden is really funny. Uh, the best part of this uh, like montage of her describing her situation is we get a shot of Shiki biting her thumb. <laughs> I do love Shiki. Uh, yeah, Azuka's really dedicated to this. She apparently got her, like, uncle to adopt her and went to a boarding school so that Mikia would forget that they're siblings so that she could fuck him. Uh-huh. This is grim. <laughs> the, okay, I will say, the part about this opening that worked the best is it's so over the top and uh-huh. goofy. Because she says all of that and then is like... Yeah, but I don't, like, actually love him, you know? I don't care about him that much. Well, she doesn't say that. She says that the reason that she's angsty isn't because okay, she loves him. Right. It's, she does. She is desperately into him. But she's like, I have other things going on, too. Like the fact that I started learning magic to impress him? Yeah. Uh, we do get a shot of her burning a bunch of dolls, including a, like, Smiling cartoonish cheeky doll. doll. <laughs> While Toko, like, lightly claps in the background. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. So she she moved away. Uh. To to distance herself from Mikia. And when she returned home, who did she find under the kotatsu with him? But boy, Shiki. Shiki specifically wearing the golden kimono and acting like uh the like boy Shiki uppercase yeah. Shiki. Uh huh. Uh. Who? Yeah. Cheerful little wave, smiling at her. Really inc- That also incredible. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this is that is how much it underlines boy Shiki was in love with Mikia. Yes. That was the Shiki who loved Mikia. Yes. Shiki later is like, yeah, well, I like I didn't know you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
despite the fact that presumably they spent a bunch of time together because uh-huh. um right let's see there's um, there's a there's a puppy here now she's on the phone at her school it's during winter break uh, but she's still at school and she's talking to Toko, and Toko's like, your mission is to find a mage who is using fairies to fuck with the girls at the school mm-hmm. and stop them. Toko says that Azuka can't see fairies, so she needs someone with, she needs eyes that can see fairies. Mm-hmm. And we cut out to Shiki wearing the nun costume that the school is the school's uniform and a border collie for some reason. <laughs> this border collie is incredible. Uh huh. This is the most like moe pandering like shit in this movie that there's just like a cute dog hanging around for yes, all of it. Yes, but the dog is good. <laughs> the rest of it is bad. This dog is no murder puppy, but I do like this dog. Yeah. Remember the murder puppy though? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yes. I I do appreciate just how animated this dog is. Yeah. Like both. In the sense that, like, a dog can be animated, like a real one, um, and then also that they they lovingly animate this dog panting and, and whining and wagging its tail. Also, uh, uh, Azaka getting mad and hanging up on Toko for sending her Shiki and then cutting immediately to Toko laughing at her is really funny. Toko's what incredible. An awful, <laughs> what an awful woman. We re- we also rewatched all of the the um like pre-show things mm. this time because we were watching with someone who hadn't seen them and Toko just taking out the bag of rice crackers and chomping away is awful to watch the movie <laughs> with. She's incredible. I can't fix her and I don't want to. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, we Azuka says that Toko has mystic eyes here. It's not been said anywhere in the movie. I think we kind of knew this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We knew this from Tsukihime because she had mystic eye killer glasses. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know what her mystic eyes do. Fen does. Presumably. I don't... Yeah, I'm curious if they ever come up in K&K. Mm. Or if that was just a thing that Nasu was like... Yeah, it'd be cool if she had mystic eyes. I don't I don't know what like what kind she has or no, he must have because uh the original thing that Maho Mahoyo is based on was written before K and K. Right. So Nasu knows. I'm curious if it ever comes up. Um It might not come up until we cover K and K. Now we or also get other one Mahoyo. we also get that this dog does not belong to uh, uh azaka or shiki this is azaka's roommate's dog well okay real quick this is azaka being sundere <laughs> the dog sleeps with her dog her the dog's master is not there of course she's gonna sleep with the the most the nearest uh lovable person yes but azaka also panics when when uh she has the dog out in the courtyard this makes no sense to me this is a small dog but it's not a tiny dog yes there is zero chance that they could hide this dog there's like long term at a boarding school like a strict boarding school less than a week before it gets found impossible 
Uh, makes no sense. So Border yeah. Collies in particular are like smart and need lots of playtime. Yes. Seems like it. This dog especially. This dog is yeah, anyway, very relatable. The bit that I noted was that I'm the also dog smart and need lots of playtime. <laughs> <laughs> the room uh, Azaka's roommate's name is Seo. The dog's name is Akira. Akira Seo is a character from Tsukihime. Yeah. <laughs> ben has posted in uh, Seo's incredible, like, uh, Santa, Santa outfit. <laughs> yeah, we remember her from um, the uh, the short story first in Plus Disc, where yep. she met fake Shiki uh, and almost got killed. Which and then later took place around now. Eating and she, and she was supposedly visiting family, but took a vacation for herself. Yes, great, great bit. I mostly remember her from eating Shiki out of house and home. Yes, <laughs> hungry. Feed her. Yes, she likes the yes, what is yes. It, raspberry pie or something like that. I think she likes all the desserts. There's a specific okay. Fruit that it's she really probably likes. the raspberry pie. Uh, anyway, this is not actually sayo uh different hair color different hair color uh and the the dog's name is akira yeah uh, but absolutely a reference that's fun Mm -hmm. uh let's see azuka is supposedly dog sitting but fen says she loves this dog which is very positive i think i just they're co-owners uh-huh i don't think the sharing liability yeah she's she's trying to not be liable for this dog that's what Mm -hmm. she's doing uh, they ditch the pup back in the apartment. Azuka explains the concept of Catholic boarding schools to Shiki. They talk about there being a Catholic chapel here. Uh, we get a great scene of uh, Shiki playing with some fish and then yeah. going to feed them, but then realizing that there's a sign that says no feeding the fish. No, something, she something like that. Looks in the in the container and there's no food left. Uh, just I, like I all... it was the sign because I thought I saw her look at the sign, but that makes sense. Might be both, but anyway, yeah. She's really bummed that she can't feed the fish. Uh, Seeing her, like, smile at the fish is really cute. Yeah. Anyway. Classic K&K fashion. We're going to get, like, the the explanation of what's happening backwards slowly over time. Mm -hmm. There's a teacher who disappeared. Name is uh, Hayama. He was dangerous. And Asuka's like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's at the bottom of the Tokyo Bay by now. So I guess that sounds very mobstery to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Yakuza, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yakuza is mobster. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Not yeah. in the like, literal sense of capital M mob, but yes. like gangster. You know what I mean? I guess, yeah. Yeah. In the broader sense, lowercase. Like if you say gangster, then I think, okay, yes, that that's a general thing. If you say mobster, I think capital M mob. Shiki react, as, reacts as if she knows this name. Uh, the guy's like the s- brother of the school chairman or something like that, which is how he still had a job. Real tight operation they're running here. Does Shiki know his you, name? She reacts to his name as if she knows yeah. something about it. I just so. mean like, I don't think... I don't think she actually does. I was expecting find it to come out, up. Yeah. As with many plot threads in this movie, it's entirely dropped. Uh, the new teacher replacing him is named Kurogiri Satsuki. Azuka introduces Shiki to him, and then they talk about fairies. Uh, he immediately is like, oh yeah, of course fairies exist. I grew up in Wales. <laughs> yeah, they're making a real division between like Japanese spirits and yokai and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and like fairies. These are 
fairies, English ass fairies mm-hmm. <laughs> involved in this. Uh, which makes the guy from Wales immediately suspicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, also, yeah, he's not. This is a thing where, like, at first I was like, oh, wait, he knows what's happening. And then later I was like, oh, no, he doesn't. He's a normal guy, I guess. Because, yeah. like, Azuka casually talks about magic shit in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a terrible mage. Um, the room that they have this conversation in, uh, and I'm sure that this is pure coincidence and just me not having seen the inside of a lot of, like, student council or a lot of like japanese school closets looks a lot like the student council room in mahoyo um which is just like oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's probably purely coincidence and it's just like oh yes it's a closet in the in a school somewhere but or not a closet closet no like it's a room but it like the bookshelves are packed like that the layout and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just very similar so yeah, he says, yeah, there's fairies around, sure. They're pranksters, they're harmless. They're not, there's no wor- use worrying about it. And then Azuka's, but like, do fairies ever kill people? So apparently a girl named Tachibana Kaori killed herself, and Azuka thinks that fairies did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before this guy can really respond, uh, they're interrupted by a girl, a grumpy girl with purple hair named Oji Masaya, Misaya who uh, is a, a grumpy girl with purple hair going to this school who is not Asagami Fujino. Yes. Uh, she is the chairman's well, daughter. If and she, she has more pink. Daughter. She has more pinkish hair than Asagami. Maybe a little bit, but... It, Asagami's like is like purple, and hers is like a pink... Uh, I would say a purplish pink. I took no uh, screenshots of her because I didn't find her very interesting. No, because so. she... All it, she does is, like, stand under trees with, like, shadows over her eyes creepily. Yeah. Okay, this is the thing about this movie, is that it is set up as, like, a mystery, right? But it has no characters. Yes. <laughs> it has Asuka, Shiki, yep. and the villains. Real quick, I do like Azaka's and Shiki's dynamic. Yes. They're fun together. Even if even if I do not like what it's based on, they have a fun, like, rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Misaya takes Kurogiri away and warns Azaka that he has nothing to do with this and to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. They go around, the pair go around asking about the suicide. No one wants to talk about it. Um... Uh, they talk about how Kurogiri looks like Mikia. He doesn't really. He's just wearing glasses and is like... In the way that is like, yeah, sure. If Mikia was 10 years older and changed his hair and wore glasses, I guess he'd kind of... He does wear glasses. Or wore different glasses. Uh-huh. I guess he'd kind of look they similar. Like similar. Face shape. Um, even when they do like a fade between their faces, I was still like, I really look that alike. Uh Shiki accuses uh, uh, Azuka of being a brocon and then gets distracted because there's a fairy crawling around on the bench. The fairies and funky little guys. <laughs> when I first saw the fairies, I was like, oh, they're like little, little like people. And I was like, oh, no, they're like little animals. They crawl yeah. around. Oh, that's great. On all four. They, they kind of look like salamander-ish a yeah, little yeah. bit. Um, like, like fat salamanders. Like a fat salamander with wings. 
Shiki runs off to chase the fairy. Azuka does not follow her. We see Misaya staring at the back of her head creepily. And then we get a cut when she goes to talk to Azuka. And we get the best scene in the movie. <laughs> right? That's here? Oh. Is Azuka waking up oh. and she... Is that later? I was wondering why uh, Azuka staring at uh, little Mikia at the funeral in the past that we get in the oh, scene. Oh, no. We could get a bunch of shots of them at this funeral. Okay. Her just like bothering him. Very clearly like remembering yeah. and or this is part of the memories that she's lost. It's unclear. Anyway, now you can tell to say the good okay. thing. Now it's the best scene in the movie uh yeah she wakes azaka wakes up and thinks that she's waking up to to mikia and then realizes it's shiki who's like cradling her in her arms um and freaks out uh scrambles to like come up with a response then yells punch and like swings at shiki <laughs> misses shiki dodges effortlessly and then drops her so that her head cracks into the fountain <laughs> funny it's really funny um yeah azuka has lost like an hour yeah basically mm -hmm. stolen memories stolen by a fairy gotta got if this if these people were killing people azuka would be dead already yes uh azuka runs down a crowd like a hallway with people in it screaming about how she's gonna kick some wizard ass um which is funny but again is like why there are so many people around. I guess she has the like um has the protection of being a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Where people won't take her seriously. Mm -hmm. Like she's like, oh yeah, she's a she's a young maiden who's like obsessed with this fairy story or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But also, I feel like in type moon stuff, typically talking about magic fucks like causes problems right yeah you can't do the thing where you tell people how magic works as a bluff to get them to not believe you you know what i mean this, that's this, bad like this scene fully puts this movie in like comedy territory yeah. it is not like a serious or it is not a work that is interested in like the outcome of any action that anyone ever makes really There's something important that happens later but i think that's the a plot that is mostly ignored by this movie yeah <laughs> anyway azuka breaks into the chairman's office and like scatters shit all over the place while looking for evidence about kaori's suicide uh she finds a locked cabinet and shiki uses a plastic ruler to cut it open without even touching it which is cool very shiki's cool. very cool uh azuka finds the report she's looking for and is so excited that she crosses herself and thanks god <laughs> maybe this is the thing crossing yourself i've only i think i've only ever seen crossing yourself as a ward against evil yeah i don't see it as like an excitement thing mm-hmm uh you know game of telephone catholicism uh, there's a funny bit where Shiki earlier they're like looking up at the chapel and Shiki messes up the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, uh -huh. And uh, Asuka's just like, no, that's not our father who dart to heaven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Asuka's like, don't make him dart up there. <laughs> Dumb. 
it is very funny just how Christian Azaka is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Goes to Catholic school. There's some yeah. Catholic schools in Asu. Yeah. Why are mages always going to Catholic schools since the Catholic Church is their enemy? I was about to say, the thing is, is that the Catholics hate mages. I guess they have an uneasy truce. But... If you are part of the church, you don't do magic. You do, like, divine miracles or whatever the hell oh. they call it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kaori was uh, deteriorating for some time before she uh, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, she One day, she interrupted class to scream that fairies were coming for her. She ran out of the room and then uh, burned down an old sc- abandoned school building with herself in it. This scene made me doubt uh, up until this point. I was like, you're trying to make me believe so hard that something supernatural happened to this girl. I'm sure that it was just like school drama or whatever. In the scene, I was like, maybe fairies were involved, but... The thing is that... Uh... The better version of this story is a song for the evening from Kagetsu. Yes. That's uh-huh. just the better version of the story. Yeah. I know you're not an Akiha fan, but Akiha is better than Azuka. Yeah. And that story resists the like impulse to have anything supernatural happen in a really yeah. like, nice way. Well, aside from the fact that uh, Akiha is pushed off the top of a three-story building and is unharmed because she's <laughs> a monster. And she's terrifying. <laughs> oh, what a good bit. Anyway. This yes, there's even a bit later where someone talks about wishes coming back to you, and I was like, "This is just song for the evening." Song for an evening. The thing is that a song for an evening is this iterated on. Yes, or and I am curious about how much the are like how much the full not like yeah. We had someone say that the movie is lighthearted and that the source of it is not at all that, Mm -hmm. and so like. I want to see that version of this, which is not just a jokey fun time, but like actually has presumably has some kind of like anything going on. So the fairies are stealing people's memories of the incident. The class, mm-hmm. her, the Kaori's classmates won't talk about it, not because they don't want to, but because they don't even remember really what happened. Shiki says that the fairy's handler is trying to clean up it all up. Azaka is suspicious of Hayama, the old teacher who disappeared, uh, but is distracted by a picture of baby Toko who went to school here uh, and her and Shiki bond over laughing at her how, how goofy and baby she looks. Yeah, she's cute. Uh, it's literally the same. It's like literally a cutout of the picture from her at Clock Tower with the with the boys club. Yeah, <laughs> but... Oh, and uh, whatever they learn here is ratted to uh, Misaya, who uh, has a fairy watching them. Mm-hmm. We're like two-thirds... Wait, th- is this the bit where it cuts to Toko sneezing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is... They find the picture of Toko, and they like start laughing at her. One of those jokes that always lands for me, basically, <laughs> uh-huh. is people talking about someone and then cut to them sneezing. Uh-huh. It is funny. Shiki and Asaka review what they've learned so far at the, like, one-third mark of this movie. It's nothing. They have no leads. Yep. They just confirmed information they already knew. Wait, are we only a third of the way through? Might be more closer to half. My notes are half, so. Yeah. The, the last, like, yeah, ten minutes of this is mostly fight scenes, yeah. so. 
Shiki comments that the fairies don't seem to want to kill people, given that they're just stealing memories, and she says that there's easier ways to kill people than using fairies while fondling a knife sexually. <laughs> this is an incredible scene. She's, like, doing the Yuri, like, hand pose of, like, the two middle fingers put together uh-huh. and, like, stroking the blade of the knife. It's great. Oh, normal, normal for Shiki. Uh... Sometime later, Shiki is uh, listening to some classical music on her tape deck uh, while in the top bunk in the Asuka's room. And gets grumpy and... Gets grumpy and Asuka confronts her about having stolen that knife. We get... Okay. First, Shiki is peering out of one eye at Asuka. Perfect expression. She got a great expression. Uh, she, yeah, she stole the dining hall knife. Also great. She uh, collects knives in order to appreciate them in her private time. (laughs) (laughs) To admire them in private, I think is what she says. Azuka climbs up and wrestles Shiki for for the knife, uh, which is great. This is Yuri. Uh, Azuka pins Shiki down and steals the knife. This is Mm -hmm. still Yuri. Yep. Shiki says, you would have no problem pinning your brother down too. (laughs) Is this Yuri? I don't and think are the best Yuri. Though? I don't think saying, "Yeah, man, you really could sexually assault your brother," <laughs> is Yuri, Ben. NTR is the best Yuri fan. NTR is the best Yuri, but again, I don't. I usually mean that with three girls. So Azaka is uh, flustered about this. Shiki's like, I really don't care what you do in your spare time to me. (laughs) Well, we do get, yeah, we get a fun bit here where Shiki is like, Shiki basically says like, right, I'm not the one who was dating Mikia. Yeah. It was uppercase Shiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Azaka's like, you noticed. And she's like, I didn't. Yeah. Uh uh Um, Which is like, oh, yeah. yeah, Like, she doesn't. Yes. Is like, I think she is, she cares about Shiki. Or about Mikia. About Mikia, sorry. Um, definitely, this Shiki is falling in love with Mikia yeah. again, you know what I mean? But the the one who started this was not girl Shiki. Yeah. Makes it even sadder that boy Shiki is dead. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Um, Shiki is lovingly petting uh, the dog during this. Yeah. Azuka says that she's into taboo things and that she's lucky that she isn't in love with someone worse than her her blood brother. Shiki calls her a pervert. Asuka calls her a psycho. What did Asuka think Shiki was going to say? <laughs> like, like, really? Asuka's not wrong either, to be fair. <laughs> yes, sure. But, like, um, I don't... Yeah... I just don't... I support Shiki's wrongs more than Asuka's wrongs, but, yeah. you know. Asuka is hung up on not remembering when and why she fell in love with Mikia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be... That'll come up later. We get... Is this where we get uh, Asuka sulking in bed? Yeah. Which is, like... Not as good as Shiki sulking in bed. She's trying to be more Moe, which is, again, my problem with a lot of this movie is... but. But it just doesn't land because she's not Shiki. The thing is that Shiki's masculine looks contribute enormously to the gap moe of her lounging. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Lounging and pouting. Kicking her little legs is like A+. Plus. Yeah. Because she looks Cause like she's... a femboy. <laughs> yeah. 
Where she's like, yeah, she's kind of androgynous. Yes, uh-huh. As opposed to Asaka's like pointedly looking at the camera going, aren't I cute? Aren't I cute? Aren't I cute? Yep. Okay. It's the next morning. Asaka is trying to shake Shiki awake so they can go look into the old school building. Shiki does not budge. Uh, Asaka runs off on her own, which is really, really foolish given that, again, she can't see the fairies that have mm-hmm. already compromised her once. Mm-hmm. However, Shiki, who has not reacted this entire scene, as soon as someone knocks on the door and says, oh, Miki is calling, pops out of bed. <laughs> and also, so does the dog. Yeah, the dog was sleeping with Asaka. And like curled up down by her feet or something because it, it pops its little head out uh, the top of the covers. It's really cute. Azaka goes into the ruins of the old building. It's in pretty good shape for having been set on fire, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, Azaka is investigating and she bumps into Misaya, who uh, invites her in an evil tone of voice to go to mass with her. There is no mass. Uh, they just kneel and pray together mm-hmm. in front of the, the like altar. Priest is also on uh, winter break. Yeah. Misaya uh, says that she usually does this alone lately because she was very close to Kaori, who was a devout Catholic and her girlfriend. <laughs> this is this is Yuri. She doesn't this, say this is this just is Yuri class. is my job. <laughs> this is a class ass romance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Misaya's first thing here is great. Mm-hmm. She says that she cared about this girl, Kaori, a lot, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want anyone to remember her disgrace. Yeah. So she has gained pow- the power to make people forget things in order to strip them of this bad taste of- about Kaori and leave them with good memories of Kaori. Great. Right. Fantastic. It's really romantic. Yeah. It's really great. I hope that people mostly remember me for the fun and funky things that I did during uh-huh. my life. And- uh-huh. Um. Yeah, this is great. Then she tells uh, Azaka to let her do her thing, and then also is like, "I also know that you're in love with your brother." Uh huh. Azaka says that she'll let her go and let her keep stealing these memories, uh, if she helps Azaka get back the memory that she lost of when she fell in love with her brother. Mm-hmm. Misaya says something about how memories that you've actually forgotten are consigned to oblivion and can't the fairies can't get a hold of them because they don't exist anymore. Yeah, I like that. As a like, cool, fairies aren't all powerful. They just, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, then Misaya also says the second half of her plan, which is to kill everyone in Kaori's class as punishment for not having saved her. Does not fit with the tone of this like movie it. at all. Like, normally I'd be fine with that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want to kill the bullies who, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But the first part is such a different and interesting motivation. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like, girl, who's going to remember her if you kill all the people who would remember her? Yeah. That just doesn't match your first motive. Then why mess with memories at all? Just kill them. Just him. kill them. Um. Yeah, we see like a scene of uh, Kaori walking in on the teacher Hayama who's doing like heroin or something like that. And mm-hmm. then he like grabs her or something and it's implied that he was making her do drugs, I guess. Yeah. Um. And then Misaya has some of the fairies reenact uh, 
her conf- confronting Hasaya after the about this, Hayama about this, and uh, him dying in the process. Mm-hmm. And then we get a cut to him dying. Yeah, we also see like, him falling for real. His head open. Yeah. And then also, one of the fairies grows a big, dumb, ugly head, uh, his head for a little bit. Mm-hmm. She says, the bit about using his corpse to create like a lure for fairies, cool. Mm-hmm. The, I don't. I didn't need to see the big dumb head. It's really stupid. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all of the fairies changing to go from gold to like this pale, uh, like uh, ethereal thing with like a red glow inside and like a more serpentine head. Great. They're like mandibles creepy, up and they have this like long thorn sticking out of mm-hmm. the back of their throats. They go from fun and funky little guys to like actually scary things. Yeah, they're like wasps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of them gets her. Yeah. Immediately. At some point, Azaka becomes able to see these fairies. I'm not sure yes. when. But, Who uh, could say why? I think I sure couldn't. And still gets got, but. Well, I think it snuck up behind her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think, she's, she, I know she's a kid. Pay attention when you know there's invisible monsters who could sa- knock you out and <laughs> wipe your memories. Yeah. Anyway, sometime later, she Azaka is found collapsed in the chapel by Kurogiri. Who, we got a second scene of her uh, waking up and thinking think, that it, it's Mikia and it's not. Shiki comes to find her and says that Kaori's entire class has vanished or what's left of them. Again, this is during the school break. Mm-hmm. So most of the class Why are here. they here? <laughs> well, some of them being here is fine. Yeah. But there's a lot of them here. Uh-huh. Azaka, even though she was attacked by the fair, the memory-stealing fairies, knows everything. Apparently, uh, Misaya didn't bother to steal any of those memories because she has put it all together here. She uh, orders Shiki to search the school for the missing kids and decides to take to the woods herself. Again, they're talking about the missing kids and all this stuff in front of a teacher that they do not know has anything to do with this and they are not involving the teacher in the search mm-hmm. really weird mm-hmm. uh he tells them that there is nothing in the woods uh, and, then, and then there's like a long stop and like the whole room reacts to him saying that in case you were yeah. wondering if he was evil yeah i yes i do like how the room kind of like uh become it almost like turns from like mid-afternoon into like twilight that part's cool and then goes back but like yeah the the movie is making is telling you repeatedly these two are evil uh i do like the result of this right he tells Mm -hmm. her that there's nothing at the old school building and she goes and she goes to the classroom she was at before and uh there's nothing there yeah. The, the the school is way more destroyed than it was before. There's almost nothing left of it. Just the hallway yeah. opening into empty rooms. That, yeah. oh, and she can like see the, the, the forest in the distance. It, the first time I watched this, I almost thought that she'd walked through the door into a different place. Mm. Uh, is what it looks like, kind of. Is like, oh. And then I was like, okay, no, there's the school in the background, I guess. But like, yeah. My thought was, oh. The first time she came here was an illusion because if the school building caught fire, it makes more sense it would be like this mm. than the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Azuka 
immediately gives up on finding the girls and goes and takes a nap. Damn. Um, <laughs> relatable. First relatable thing she's done in this movie. But before taking a nap, she mumbles about how cool Miki is. We get some more memories of them at the funeral when they were kids. She asks him why he's not crying. He says he doesn't know. They walk out of the house together. The dog wakes her up. Shiki's here. Shiki didn't find anything. Mm-hmm. But Mikia is calling with some information. Yeah. Mikia, uh, for some reason, Shiki asks Mikia to look into the teacher who died. Because she answered the phone the other day, uh, the, in the morning. Oh. He's calling okay. back with that information um, because... But then is like, oh, but, you know, I should talk to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is a uh, interesting. She she probably said like, uh, "Don't bother talking." Oh, right, to me. right. Talk, no, to, it's, talk it's to her. Tokyo Toko also had something specifically for. Um... On the phone, Mikia tells uh, Azaka that Shiki is worrying about her and uh, not to be baby. Uh, gives her some information that we won't hear till later because again, this is how K and K works. And then uh, we cut to Mikia and Toko hanging out in the smoking section of a friendlies together. <laughs> it's a, a family diner or I a family know, restaurant. But it's just but... extremely the vibe of like a chain re- like restaurant. Yes. If you, I just friendlies is a family diner. Yeah, but it's not. It's a it's a northeastern thing. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm. I'm... I just want to like say for our listeners who don't live in the northeast of the U.S. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Bless your heart. Um, I love you. It's just so extremely the kind of place that they would go together. Yeah. When, when uh-huh. they don't have a lot of money. But this, is, this is the thing. Toko's like, hey, do you want to go out to eat? And Mikia's eyes or like ears perk up. And then she's like, to the family diner. Uh-huh. Where I can buy two lunches for like a thousand yen. Mikia is worried about Azaka and Shiki. Uh, Kurugiri is actually a mage called Godot Word. <laughs> Incredible name. This is what Waiting for Godot is about. Waiting for this guy to show up. He's very dangerous. He's Toko... actually been there the entire time. Yeah. But. <laughs> Togo isn't worried about this guy because he controls, uh, he creates illusions out of words. Mm-hmm. Which Kotoko says is not very dangerous. I think that's pretty dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how easy it would be to get someone to walk off the roof of a school building with something like that? Yeah. Also, mages always have a backup. How do you know he doesn't know fucking Gondir or something? It does seem like later he doesn't, doesn't. have anything else. But like, yeah. Um... So yes, that's why the building, that's why the ruined building changed, was because he told them there was nothing there, and there was nothing mm-hmm. there. However, the thing that uh, Toko wanted to tell uh, Azaka is the countermeasure, which is, don't listen to him. <laughs> yep. Put on some loud music and walk away. Yep. That's fair. That's how, that worked great for on teachers just in general. Uh-huh. Azaka is listening to music at Shiki's tape deck and is headed towards the old school building. Kurugiri tries to intercept her and tell her that there's nothing out there. She ignores him, makes a break for it. And then Shiki shows up to confront him so he can't follow after her. Azaka makes it to the building, reopens that that door and finds all of the missing girls, like 10 girls, all each with a bespoke bottle of gasoline and lighter. <laughs> 
as they are preparing to reenact Kaori's su- uh, suicide under direction from the fairies, which can now do mind control, I guess. I don't know. Misaya is here and says that they deserve to be punished like this. Azaka is like, this is a little bit too far. Uh, and that she's going to stop Misaya this time because the real mastermind isn't going to interfere. Shiki and uh, Kurogiri are fighting, uh, more or less. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, I really came here for you on Araya Soren's request to help you remember the memories you lost uh, from the coma. Is this before or after? I don't know. January two, 1999? Yeah, I don't remember when the other ones were. Yeah, so he's here to help to like force Shiki to remember whatever happened in the next episode of K&K, Murder Speculation Part B. Yes. Uh, he is killing time by fucking with a messiah in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Good evil mage shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in human terms, you would call this killing time uh, something about needing entertainment. Sure wish he had more than like 10 lines before this yeah. to give him any personality. He doesn't really have much personality. He just has bad breath. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> the bit where he uses his power and he just like spits out a big dank cloud of smoke. I think that's just because it's cold, man. <laughs> you know when it's cold and you can like see your breath? Yeah. No one else does this in the whole thing except for right here when he's using his power. It's a visual representation of his power. Okay. <laughs> or at least add impact to it um you're determined to start a fight with me about something there's nothing else in this movie to fight about ben um yeah back to azaka and misaya uh azaka says that misaya hasn't actually done anything wrong yet and can still back out of this she says that Hayama died of a spontaneous heart attack from drug use when uh, Misaya was confronting him. So it's not actually her fault. That's convenient. Uh, and then she says that no one died. So, well, but someone what did. What about The Kaori? student did. What about or, what, yeah. Sorry, the teacher did. Oh, and the teacher. He did die. <laughs> he did, in fact, die. Definitely. Uh, apparently Kaori's still alive. Yeah, they, I guess? They, they kind of imply that here, and then they say it later. She was just in a coma, and this girl just had her memory scrambled by, uh, by, uh, Godot Word. Yeah. Godot Word Mayday? Yes, <laughs> that is. That's his full name, yes. The reveal later. What an incredible name. <laughs> Honestly. Uh-huh. Um. Not Nothing Heart could be unmade name <laughs> uh-huh. have we considered that I would name my kid not nothing heart <laughs> means that there is something in their heart uh huh so Misaya is hearing all this but she doesn't really believe it she does some evil laughing and she sends her fairies to attack Azaka Azaka puts on her magic glove and does this like cool fire effect and starts smashing fairies out of the sky she can definitely see them at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they pause? 
Yeah, and like talk some more. And then we cut to Shiki and uh, Godot Word fighting. Kurogiri fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually fantastic at fighting specifically Shiki, whose powers are visual. Yes. Because <laughs> he can say, you can't see any, you can't see me, you can't see me, and she can't fucking see him. And then he just moves. Yeah. That is... So she uh, totally whiffs this fight. Yes. He runs away. Mm-hmm. She should do the thing where she cuts sound effects out of the air in that one preview. Yeah. Uh, pre-show thing. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of how I expected this to go, was her to loses. like... Yeah. She just falls to the ground and he says something about replaying her misery or whatever. There... We skipped a line earlier, I think, oh, yeah. right? Uh yeah, uh, where the OG says, um, I will restore your grief in your hollow sleep. The OG? OG. The the um, Asako Senpai. Student Council President. What's her name? Oh, What's OG her other name? Her name? I thought you were saying, like, old man in <laughs> Japanese. And I was like, Fen, you can't start doing this. I would... Misaya. No, that's her name, <laughs> I've been calling her Misaya this whole time. Misaya. Sorry. I, yeah. Um, which is like, that's a sick line. I doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's kind of. In the same way that like him being like, oh yeah, I'll restore your oblivion or whatever is like, okay. Whatever that. Sure. Uh, back in the Azuka fight, uh, uh, it is revealed that Azuka is correct in saying that Misaya has no control over the fairies. There's a giant like lily slug bloodborne monster that's been behind her this whole time actually controlling the fairies. Mm-hmm. And it's got like a, this horrible like phallic tentacle and starts like screaming. It also having her. Is, has like literal pup, uh, like puppet strings attached mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. I don't mind its design. I think it sounds dumb. Like when you say it out loud, yes. No, no, no. Uh, it's sound. The sound oh, okay, <laughs> yes. Um, and I don't like the like whipping tentacle stamen uh thing. Sure. Uh, I just like a like a creepy flower. I do love a creepy flower. I was like ninety percent there on this thing. Yes. It's trying to get Messiah for some reason. Azuka tries to save her, beats up a bunch of fairies, uh, cuts the flower in half with her cool magic hand, and then uh, tears her skirt open so we can see her thighs, and then does a big like jump flip kick. I don't know if you could see panties in that shot, but I would not be surprised if you could see panties for for like a frame or two in that shot. Uh-huh. Uh, and the flower dies, uh, and then all the fairies kind of like fall out of the sky, like burning, uh, like bits of paper, which is kind of a cool. You thing. did say that she cut it down, and I got the feeling that it was more like she just filled it around. full of fire, mm-hmm. and so that it burst. Yeah, there's like a cool thing where it dies. It like dies, and then like a mushroom almost like grows out of the back of it, and it yeah. splint bands like a big cloud, and uh-huh. then it sort of fades away. Yeah, after she kicks it in the dick again this is like this section is well animated yeah even if it is very um the bit of her like running and like jumping onto the like uh the the chairs in this place and running across them instead of down the aisle in the center of the room with a clear path directly to her goal that is is like oh god we need something interesting visually for you to look at but also it's like they're trying to do a thing of like she's clumsy and she but she's doing her best because yeah. she's a fun cute girl you know mm-hmm. she's like she's kind of stumbling but she's gonna make it you know yeah eh. 
Well, it again, it feels like the kind of thing where it's like Nasu, especially in what I've read of K and K and in Tsukihime, um, uh, when when Nasu is writing horror, he doesn't write like fun action scenes. Yeah, in a way that Ufo Table wants to animate. Yeah, um, they're short. Yeah, they're short and like, and then someone's dead yes uh and so happens and then someone's dead yeah yeah and so they need to like they need to find they're just like scrabbling at little crumbs to be like oh okay this one we can make an action scene out of this one i guess so misaya is safe she's still alive uh uh azaka has burned her sleeve off but otherwise it's fine and then shiki comes in we don't know what happened between her and godot but we saw her like slash at him and like him dissolve like a shadow and then or, like a like a shade like a like a spear like a ghost and then like she a... collapsed and then we heard his voice saying something about bringing her oh right back. right yeah. anyway uh, she's here now she's late apparently that's just that's just us like being Sunday yeah it seems to be the following day Kurogiri has vanished and we see Misaya like sadly touching his empty desk um. Azaka and Shiki are sleeping when Seo returns. She looks exactly like Seo Akira, but palette swapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. That's fun. Uh, and then sometime later... She does say, good job, Azaka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was it? Was it a good job, Azaka? No, but <laughs> I'm searching for Yuri in any... <laughs> I'm searching for anything that I can grasp onto, and the the best that this movie can give me is uh, hinted at Yuri. Mikia is talking to Toko on the phone, says that he can't find Shiki. Shiki has disappeared. Um, Here's where we get that Godot's name is Godot Word Mayday. Yes. Azaka comes to meet with Mikia and return to town with him. Uh, Shiki has gone on ahead. We see a shot of her riding a train with some mm-hmm. kid staring at her. Uh, and then, yeah, we get Kaori. Tachibana Kaori is fine. She was in a coma. She just woke up. Mm-hmm. What? Great question, Ben. How did how did her girlfriend not know this? Well, her memories were fucked with. Oh, that, I guess that's fair. That guy, that guy set this all up, is the bit. Uh, I think it would have been fine if that wasn't true but whatever uh all the drug stuff did happen this is actually a story about drug abuse Mm -hmm. um so maybe she never maybe the the school old school building never got burned in the first place which is why it looks like it's intact yeah know what i mean Mm -hmm. so she just uh collapsed from like a drug overdose or whatever and was in a coma and the kids said oh she burned down the old school building with herself in it and uh what's his face erased the truth of what was happening until that became the truth i guess it is far enough away that you wouldn't know you wouldn't know nasu loves an old school building that's far enough away that you can't see it from the main building now uh-huh there's, there's also one of these in mahoyo i just realized <laughs> yeah uh so yeah there's there's some interesting ideas here that just really don't get any development you know this is 
Uh, the specifically the conversations between Azaka and um, what's her name? Messiah. Messiah, and between Godot and Shiki are like. There's like some interesting stuff in here, maybe that if if I had enough time to like read and digest, I would hope that there's interesting stuff there. Mm-hmm. But one, the movie just moves past it so quickly, and then two, the movie just like ends. Yeah, and it's like okay, everything's wrapped up, and it's like mm-hmm. you, a lot of stuff was said and like set up, and then none of it was followed through on. What's going on with Shiki? When did this happen? Great question, Ben. Does she remember what happened before she fell into the coma when fighting Soren, or was that not till later? Great question, Ben. Um, more. My question is more: Is Godot in conversation with Soren? Soren, or is Soren dead, and Godot's still just like, well, I might as well do this. Yeah. Uh, right. So Azuka pulls Amikia away from the bus when it arrives and then says, oh, I'm cold. Take me to a cafe and hold my hand. And uh, he does it. Mm-hmm. Mika's uh, a little wimp. Yeah. You know, he's definitely he's not a Ciscon. No, but he does care about his sister. Yeah. Uh, a normal amount. A normal amount. And has and, no idea. And, he's yeah, dense. He's too too oblivious to understand that uh, she's gone. She's this far gone. Yeah. We get another shot of the the night of the funeral. Uh, we the the thing that we get uh, Azaka like doing a voiceover, being like, "This is the memory that I should never have remembered." My primal scene. And it's after the funeral, she asks him like 30 times, why are you not crying? And then eventually he says that he thinks that crying is something special and he shouldn't waste it here. Mm-hmm. Which you could take this as like a stoic man thing. I don't really think it's that. I think it's that it's not that he's like, oh, you should boys should never cry. It's that I'm saving crying for something that I care about more, like something yeah. that moves me more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I think, yeah, which I is like another more. thing that is like, I wish Yes, I would like to see this tied into his relationship with death. Yeah. And that it being, or it made more explicit or like explored a little the like, oh, yeah, no, like I don't cry at family members' deaths, even even though it was someone important to us. Mm-hmm. Like death is not something that I view as mm-hmm. negative or like something around that as opposed yeah. to just, oh, well, the focus here is mostly on Azaka going, and that's the moment that I fell in love. Yeah, yeah. There's like a bit about how he's like a really normal, nice guy, but he's also like very lonely, mm-hmm. which I think is true and interesting about him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's very isolated. Mm-hmm. He seems normal, but he's like different. Yeah. Like Shiki, he's kind of a little hollow inside, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, why he was Drawn attracted to, to her. Yes. Attracted to the doll specifically. Uh-huh. God, Toko's so cool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was January 1999. Fairy tale. Okay. Livian recorder. This is after her fight with Soren. This is after the okay. last movie because that was November 1998. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so Godot really is just out here going like, I'm fulfilling Soren's last wishes. Uh huh. 
You might not even know Soren's dad. Yeah, that's fair. We get credits. Credits are fun. Good, good credit scene or song yeah. rather. Uh, and then we get an alleyway shot. Yeah, love a gross, dirty alleyway. This what's this kid's is name? where we've gotten his name before. Shiki has killed all those people, and Arkweed drank. No, Arkweed never drinks blood, right? She had. I mean, in in the alleyway. This is where Rawa attacks people. That's the vampire I was searching for. What's this kid's name? I can't remember his name. A great question. We'll get it next time. Who cares? He's the we saw him in the last next time on uh, Soren approaching him covered in blood in this alley. He's a classmate of Shiki's. He's involved in the coma incident somehow. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly how. Anyway, we see him murder a guy and then eat the corpse. Yeah. While, while Soren cheers him on. The best bit of this is uh like uh soren saying something about like you know you don't have to be normal mm-hmm. become a monster or whatever mm-hmm. and then cut and then soren's like an hour impressive <laughs> and yet that is your limit <laughs> you couldn't do any better because he ate the whole body <laughs> this is very silly uh he can eat as much as he wants without gaining a single pound yeah lucky for him uh, oh, we did also get a, a feminine voice saying, I hate weak people before he murdered uh, the, the guy that he ate. Was it cheeky? Was It, it might have been cheeky. I didn't quite catch I'm it. I'm bad at voices, but it was like certainly, it was not That was not cheeky too. You know what I mean? That seems like the person who it would be. Oh, I also liked the bit where Soren was like, uh, why did you kill this dude? And he's like, it seemed like the normal thing to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love I love Nasu characters who have a completely damaged sense of morality and can't tell what's like what yes. is normal for people to do anymore. Yes. This is why I like Tsukihime. Uh-huh. Is like that personality drift of uh why is this bad? Mm-hmm. I don't understand anymore. So I'm just going to do it cuz it feels like the thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fun. I it love is that yeah, it is interesting like we get so we start with um the student like sitting at, at in front of the body and we get a cut to the two of them walking into the alley together mm-hmm. and it's like well something weird is happening mm-hmm. but and then yeah just yeah it's interesting mm-hmm. and uh yeah yep and uh, oh he uh soren says that this guy was the first of his like setups for shiki mm-hmm and uh says every time soren's on screen it's like ah a bunch of unintelligible shit is about to be said yes which is i think partially the translation just not keeping up and partially that he just says like wild stuff it sounds like he he says shit that is really hard to translate yes and is kind of probably a little incomprehensible in his native in the native language yeah yeah next time on Snow! Oh, I remember the snow. You remember no. the snow? Snow, the, the shiki that uh, Mikia met in the snow? Well, this is called Murder Speculation Part B, so... Mm-hmm. I would assume that it's the second part of Murder Speculation Part A, which is Shiki becomes a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I don't think she killed those people. Oh. I think this guy killed all those people. That's what I think. That's been what I thought since the very beginning. Hmm. I think Ashigi actually has not killed anyone. 
edging, but for murder. <laughs> Char has never betrayed anyone's voice. Shiki has never killed anyone. <laughs> I would believe this. Mm-hmm. I hope she does get to kill someone. I guess in the book she killed uh, 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 Fujo or try, uh, caused her to Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Kitty, eh? Oh. And she's definitely killed Soren, but yes. he's hardly a guy. Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And she killed a bunch of zombies. Those don't count. And she, uh, Zombies, by definition, are already dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think she did any of those murders. Interesting. That's my theory. Okay. I guess we'll find out. We're going to find out next time. Ooh, this is partly partly a, a vibe from uh, movie two, from Murder Speculation. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, in the fifth movie, she tells Tomoe that she, someday she's going to kill someone for no reason. Mm-hmm. As if she had not already done that. Now, Could she be talking she doesn't remember about it, herself? So yeah, well, because that's the thing is that boy, that was all boy Shiki doing the murders. I don't. Right? No, no, it was not that. It was specifically not that because boy Shiki told Mikia that girl Shiki murders people so that oh, right, boy Shiki right, right, won't right. get out and murder people. Never mind then. Girl Shiki was the murderer. I'm just along. a goomba. Boy Shiki was also a murderer. Yes. This is the thing is it's it's good because they are both murderers for yeah. different reasons. Uh-huh. Perfect. Perfect pair. What time are we at? We're part of the abnormal mapping network. Wait, what time are we at? Uh one twenty eight. Holy shit. Not our shortest episode ever. If we trip but... we can make it our shortest episode ever. Figure out where to cut like I think like five minutes and that would make We only need five minutes? Well, longer the longer we keep talking. Okay, okay, go fast, go fast. <laughs> uh, go listen to other Abnormal Mapping podcasts. Go back Scanline on Patreon. Um, they just did their most recent novel, Not New, was on a like adventure book series. Like, choose oh. your own adventure, but more detailed. Um, which sounded kind of fun, actually. Uh, where can people find you? Do you forget my name? What? You you said, where can people find you? Say my name. Ben, where can people find you? Ben, where can people find you, Ben? <laughs> where can people find you, Ben? You can find me on Twitter at Ben Enns uh, or at Doom Genders. I occasionally tweet about the visual novel that I'm working on. I've, I'm doing charcoals again. Insane person voice. I'm doing charcoals again. <laughs> they look cool as hell. Thank you. I've only done one so far, but I think it looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm doing all the backgrounds in charcoal for some reason. Mm-hmm. Aesthetic? Yeah. I want it to look kind of haunted, and I feel like charcoals are often pretty haunting looking. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow me on co-host. I don't text there, very, tweet there, very, post chost. I don't post there very often, but if Twitter continues to deteriorate, I'll probably start doing that more. I've just been busy lately. Fen, where can people find you on the internet? Um, at some point, I'll get back to Chosting. Uh, we have a Moon Archive page on Chost as well. On Chost. <laughs> on Co-host as well. Instead of that, on Notice, it's on Chodist. <laughs> <laughs> that we should eventually start using. Because again, I don't have it access to it. Really, uh, you should now. Oh. Um, it really feels like Twitter is just on its last legs. Like mm-hmm. It has felt like that for a while. But um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like we we are Yeah, it has it has felt like Twitter is dying for a while. It truly it still feels like that. Like Twitter is further along in dying. Mm-hmm. Having a really hard time with words today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but you can yes, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and all of my uh gotcha retweets uh gotcha fan art retweets at uh fennec underscore fox or fennec.moe if you just type fennec.moe into a web browser that should get you to co-host my co-host i think next Um, time next time we'll be watching k and k uh what is it murder speculation part b yes so we are watching murder speculation part b and nothing hard murder speculation part b and we will also be watching uh gate of seventh heaven which is the like summary of the first six movies yeah putting Um, them in chronological order which i think includes a little bit of new stuff but is mostly um like synthesizing everything that has come so far we're gonna watch both of them Mm -hmm. yeah might as well we're not going to do like an in-depth re- review or like if there's anything that like jumps heaven. out of us at us yeah. in seventh heaven then or gate of seventh heaven then sure but i don't think that there's going to be that's more just a refresher it's been a long time since we started k and k apparently uh we will also be covering for yuri tea time we will be covering lars von trier's uh 2011 film melancholia and then we'll probably take a lars break we will also be covering all the anime of the season. So do we want to do we want to not do Melancholia next time? Yeah. Hmm. Do we want to hold on Melancholia? Do you want We could do it with the now? epilogue. Okay. Cuz we we'll save we'll have we'll save. stuff to say about the anime from last season. Okay. We didn't watch as much stuff this no. time, but uh we'll, we're we're so for Yuri Tea Time we're just going to talk about last season's anime. Which yeah, we watched. Yeah, we we'll watched, talk about it then. We'll talk about it. I don't. And then there's only one more K and K after that. Is the epilogue? Well, one more K and K in this block, and then uh, there is another one later. Um, but that's a way a ways out. Cool. It's after both zero and uh and uh holodoraxia. Yeah, I hope uh I hope uh not nothing heart and the epilogue are good. Are good. Yeah, boost us back up because. It starts like has some like really fun stuff early on, and this episode is a little wavery. Five was like had some interesting stuff, but I wasn't fun to watch. Yes, fun to watch. Six is like there's just again. I am I Fen Fen Fox Fennec Fox am an enjoyer of Moe, Mm -hmm. a Moe connoisseur, if you will, and. And yet, this movie could not win me over. Uh huh. It happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's it, Fan. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Our next episode is going to be longer. I'm so sorry to everyone who likes relies on us for a good to cover a four hour period of their week. Yeah. Week. (laughs) Fan, see us out. One day, let's meet in the digital sea.
Oh, right. I don't need headphones uh, on. Oh, Tamikia. I don't need headphones on, Ben. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I've completely forgotten how to do this podcast without a guest. Are you recording now? Yes. I missed it being just the two of us, man. Well, it's back to being just the two of us. But I don't know how to do this anymore. What do you mean? How many episodes in a row have we had guests for? All right, real quick. Um, If you're curious how many episodes in a row we've had guests for, you could go to moonarchive.art slash schedule and take a look. Um... Let's see. So all sorts of things. Last two heavens feels. Mm-hmm. Notes talk prelude. That's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and five KNKs. Well, yeah, KNK one, two, three, four, five. So eight. Four months, a third of a year without doing an episode, just the two of us. No wonder we forgot how to do this. Yeah, that's really... I'm really getting hit with this. We've, we've really stretched out K&K for so long. I don't know that stretched out... Like, stretched out implies that our episodes have been thin. This one's going to be thin. We've had some meaty episodes about K&K. Yeah. Listen, I got a lot to say. I yeah. love talking. No, I was just... I just mean that in the sense that, like... We couldn't have covered it faster. No. Um, Fan? Yeah. Do you want to do your ET time? Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast <laughs> about... You didn't even do the intro yet.